Welcome to Grace Unfolding. This is Jonathan Buckley. I'm here with Troy Albee, and we're going to talk about uh, this podcast in probably over the next couple weeks or so. We're going to talk about uh, evangelism, sharing our faith, uh, defending our faith, Mm -hmm. um, which is a a pretty broad... broad range of, of topics so we're like I said yep. we're gonna it's gonna be a couple weeks where we get through this yeah I'm looking forward to it I do want to remind folks that if you didn't get a chance uh, episode five our previous episode we sat down in the home of Chris and Christine Combe and uh, that was deeply encouraging I think several folks mentioned that and uh, so if you didn't get a chance go back and listen because there's a great example even in a, in a small way uh, even a substantial way, I think, of, of testifying, right? Yeah, the part of evangelism is just testifying. I'm a follower of Jesus. This is what God's done in my life. Here are some of my struggles, and hear how the promises and the truth of God have intersected. And, and Chris and Christine did a wonderful job. So another big thanks to them, a shout-out, and an invitation to go back um, and listen if you didn't get a chance. All right, so we're going to get into this here. Um, why don't we start with a question to you, Troy? Um, what is the motivation for sharing our faith? Yeah, there's several things that I could point to. Um, and I want to start with just a, a verse from Acts 20. Um, this, is the, this is the Apostle Paul reflecting on uh, his story, his conversion, which, if you might recall, is a very dramatic one. But he's also refre- reflecting on his life and his mission. And he says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. So that's where we sometimes use this turn of phrase, you know, my testimony, my story. And that's indeed what it is like we are testifying of, of God's work, as I mentioned, uh, even with the example of the cones. Um, motivations for evangelism maybe it's worth even taking a, a further step back and saying, um, that makes some assumptions that we want to share our faith, right? right? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there are people that I meet that even are maybe somewhat established Christians that, uh, or you know, professing Christians that really haven't given a whole lot of thought or energy. They don't have any experience in it, um, but they haven't even given much, uh, to be quite frank, you know, they haven't given a whole lot of thought to it. And one of the, the, one of the books that I love on missions and evangelism is by John Piper, and it's called uh, Let the Nations Be Glad. And in there, he talks about uh, passion for God and worship. Um, and he says, passion for God and worship precedes the offer of God in preaching. And he says, you can't commend, you cannot commend what you do not cherish. And so I, I wanted to ask, I want to press, and it, maybe this is you know, stepping on some toes here, but maybe there's a possibility you can't commend what you don't cherish. So it begs the question. Say that again. You cannot commend what you don't cherish. So if you're worshiping Christ and you know him and you treasure him, then there should be some natural outworking that you want to commend it. Right, and especially when you see kind of people living their lives in misery and you have um, you have Christ and um, you want them to. Yes. So you see people living their lives and you know what the answer to their, their problems is. And so yeah. that's kind of... Yeah, I mean, you, you have a sense of pull. And if you haven't seen God work in your life, 
to to give you freedom from right. various struggles or to make sense of things or give meaning or purpose or to fashion and and form some of your thinking and your response to hardship and disappointment to say nothing of guilt and shame then you look at people's lives and you say man if they knew Jesus it it, it would be different for them but we already do that right so we naturally humanity as a relational social I mean that's what we are we're we're having conversations about the things that we cherish all the time. I mean, think about it. I mean, what are you, what are you passionate about? What is it that you, uh, you know, that you've discovered? Right. That you're that you're excited about. That you understand is is a is a help. I mean, it could be the next you know latest technological gadget. It could be a diet. Yeah. Oh, here's a new diet plan. And you uh, want other people to experience what you're experiencing with that new diet. You do. Well, think of other ones, right? I mean, we we watch a, we read a great story, watch a great movie. Yeah. We say, man, I want to talk to somebody about this. I I wanted to. So and so needs to go to this restaurant. So and so needs. I I could think of friends that would do great to have a new pair of shoes like you know these. So we begin to value and treasure and, and cherish things that are, um, you know, meaningful or beneficial to us. And then we just it, it's a it's a natural outworking that we begin to commend those things to other people. So when people don't want to commend Jesus to others, I kind of want to know, do you really cherish him? And I, I don't mean it to put it on put it on a fast track to guilt. I mean we all know that if you want to make Christians feel guilty, you just say, let's have two talks on prayer and evangelism. <laughs> right? right? Oh everybody's like, oh I'm so deficient in this area. I, right. You know, I know, but I I, I want to say to people Keep worshiping Jesus, and when you find him uh, to be so faithful and generous and loving um, in our life, then we do want to commend it. And that's what even it's the, the timing is is kind of good because this coming uh, Lord's Day, as we work our way through the Gospel of Luke, we're going to be in Luke 19 on Sunday talking about Zacchaeus. And in verse 10 it says, as clear as day, Jesus says that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost, right? So we join with Jesus on mission. I mean, he tells us that before the ascension, that he is given all authority. So the, the clearest verse, so this is, I'm going a really roundabout way of answering the question, what's the motivation for evangelism? Mm-hmm. The motivation could be as simple as, I found Jesus and he's amazing and I want to tell other people. But there is a there is a component when we're not feeling it, right? Like it, it's not maybe altogether easy and organic that we say, yeah. But I still have to take a step of obedience. So correct. And and obedience is not a bad motivation. Guilt might be, uh, but but honestly, obedience is a, is a beautiful thing. And so that. The, Clearest one. Go ahead. And that, that kind of actually leads perfectly into something we were going to talk about in, in later on in this episode that I'll mention now. It's like, what are some of the struggles that that we have and me personally have in sharing our faith? And like what you said about obedience, because there's a perfect example for me in the past you know, couple of weeks that happened with somebody that's very close to me. I had, you know, I've been praying and continue to pray for this person to, to know Jesus and to come to faith in Christ. And um, I even prayed on that particular day to have um, an opportunity to to witness in a, in a specific way. So, and and um, something came up where I was I was able to have that opportunity to speak directly to the, to that person in, wow. in, in in their life. Right, wow is right, but but 
For me, the challenge often, it's not so much do I have an answer to their objections, is do I want to rattle things? Do I want to, do I want to, do I want to, um, what's, uh, disrupt the cart. Disrupt the cart. Or, yeah. And yeah. so it's so much easier to just kind of go about and talk about, you know, how was that dinner last night? What did Sports. the Celtics, what was yeah. it? So, yeah. so, so in that moment, and even given that I had been praying about this, I still passed on the opportunity to share mm-hmm. my faith you can see and it. to share. And so, so that, like I said, some of the hurdles and the, and the, um, and the things that that are in our way, like I said, it's not so much on you know what do they ask about heaven or hell? How do we give a defense for this scientific thing? It's for me the way it plays out is I'd rather just go you know and not have to be bold at a certain point in time and not have to speak uh, boldly and and provocatively about something. Yeah, it's that. Yeah. And so we, that's you know we can talk about defending our faith against you know the latest scientific advancement or whatever but for me that's oftentimes how it plays out is through the course of just you know not really want to go there but i do and then i'll just say and i'll pray about it afterwards and i'll talk you know say i'm sorry god or whatever yeah no these are good and and i want people to embrace this mindset in a lot of areas not just sharing her faith in evangelism which is an expression of obedience that obedience is the reward like there is a refreshment yeah. that comes in walking in God's way, um, not 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 standing in God's way, but walking in God's way, which is is to be on mission and thinking about other people and uh, talking about Jesus. Uh, I want to say something here too because I don't want to forget, and I I think that I, I might is there is something to be said. Evangelism could be something as very simple as an invitation. Okay, so don't don't think about it as a we're going to get into some of the, you know, the details and the 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 layers of what evangelism means and involves, mm-hmm. and but at the very essence, it's just that step of initiative where you invite. So evangelism is an invitation um, to consider, you know, the claims of Christ or consider the person of Christ or the message of the gospel. That can take on a lot of forms and shapes, but it could be as simple as as an invitation. And I to tell people, you know, the, the power of a simple invitation is remarkable. There are times that people could point to yeah. a significant turning point in their life because they had one friend that said, hey, you want to go to church with me? Which statistics, by the way, would say that a, a considerable amount of people would actually say yes right. if someone were to invite them to church or to invite them to say, here's a here's here's another example. Hey, would you? We've talked about some of these things. Would you consider reading the Gospel of Luke with me? We're studying it at our church. I don't know if you've ever read the Bible. You may say to this friend, but would you consider just reading the the, the Gospel of Luke, and we would meet for two weeks, you know, and have coffee. Right, just an invitation. Just an invitation. You're not you're not asking someone to engage in a debate. You're not asking. You're not trying to make them feel awkward. I'm not saying they may not, but hey, is it sometimes worth it? Like, is there any awkwardness in your life that you look back and you go, wow, I'm really glad I stepped on that. I'm really glad that I walked into that that room or took that invitation and or, or I stepped out and I made myself uncomfortable and, and awkward because now I get to enjoy, you know, new things. Uh, one of the verses going back to obedience to God's commandments in Philippians 6 it says, I pray uh, that you may be active in sharing your faith so that 
you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. So that's saying there's a motivation for evangelism that isn't just uh, to to go out and benefit other people or to try to persuade others, which indeed we are, um, in the name of uh, in the name of love with truth, part of our message, but it's actually benefiting us. Like we actually learn more about. He's saying here in, in Philemon six, we actually learn and understand more of the good things that we have in Jesus. Because we're active in sharing our faith, he's saying there, which is which is really which is kind of cool. Because it's not only about knowing, it's also about uh, doing and feeling. We talk about the application of of the Word of God. We say it's not only cognitive in our knowing; it's also in our being, how we feel and experience that. And then it's and then it's in our doing, our 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 outward behavioral actions that. Uh, that that carry out another famous uh, famous another familiar verse uh, would be First Peter three uh, when he writes, "But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect." So there's another invitation. You could wouldn't say it's it be, an imperative. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if somebody just asked us? Well, you'd be surprised. I, you're right, and sometimes God tees it up. And I, I can tell, I can tell you specific stories where I began to pray for a person, and then the next thing I know, they we have this kind of divine appointment, mm-hmm. right? Where I, I've had friends come to me and they've asked me a pointed question, and I and I internally laugh because. <laughs> I like I could see the hand, I could see the kind of the handiwork of God like you obviously you know kind of teed this up because now I'm having this 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 conversation um with others um again this is kind of already getting into a little bit of the strategy part but there's nothing wrong with testifying whether or not they ask right going back to the commending something you can say yeah, hey listen right. I want to tell you about how God has given me hope like I run into dads all the time, you know, whether it's on the soccer field or, you know, picking up the kids, uh, you know, at school or something. And I have these conversations with dads about the struggles of life, you know, at this stage and our kids. And, and I and constantly I, I feel compelled to bring it back to God. It, like I just I just want to give him praise. I say, yeah, it's been you know, it's been a challenging week. But can I tell you, you know. God's been good, and here's how he's restrained me or, or encouraged me or compelled me. Now, see, when I do that, and this is where, for those of you who are listening, 99% of whom don't have a vocational career, <laughs> you know, a professional religious person. Right. When, people, when people hear me talk about Jesus, well, when people hear you talk about God, we all know that people are generally okay if we're dealing in the spiritual realm, but you start to mention the name of Jesus. You get a little too specific. You get a little too Yeah. That's where people begin to get, oh, I don't know. I don't, you know, you get a little bit, a little more uncomfortable. But when I bring up God and Jesus, people are seeing it. They, they know it's coming. I've got friends. They see me. They're like, oh, here's Troy. We're probably going to talk. He's probably going to say something about Jesus. He's probably going to talk about something serious. But here's the cool thing. For 99% of you who are listening, your friends and your family and the people you encounter, they don't see it coming. 
that it's a it is a glorious opportunity that you have. Right. They're going to be caught off guard in a good way. They're like, wow. I thought you were a normal person, and now here you are talking about Jesus. I still think you're a normal person. Yeah. Um, I I'm, I want to hear more. I didn't. You're not. You're obviously. People think I'm trying to sell something. Oh, you're trying to fill up your church. You're trying to get. You know. Of course, you think Jesus. No, no, no. What if you're the guy or the gal who's living life, um, intersecting with all types of relationships and people that that know your story and see your life. And then you speak up about Jesus. I will add just like anecdotally that my experience, my my fears of sharing my faith and telling somebody about Jesus compared to what actually happens when I do it are are very far apart because the reaction never is, oh, you're... uh, uh, a bigot, or or you're a this that or the other thing. It's it's always uh, interest and 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 there's never animosity. So I think that we convince ourselves often that what's going to happen when we share our faith or when we tell somebody about Jesus or mention Jesus' name is far removed from what actually happens. So we've convinced ourselves that you know people might be angry or antagonistic, or angry or antagonistic, yeah. and. and, and so I think that's and not, who's to say who's to say they might not be interested. Right. Who's to say they may not say, see this as and and granted, I can I can tell you living you know here in particular over the years and trying to be uh, a witness for Christ and testify that I've gotten plenty of rejection, <laughs> um, and I'm not saying all of it has felt uh, felt fun. Uh, it it really has been quite unsettling at times, but but I've also realized that sometimes people aren't rejecting; they might be apathetic. Yeah. They have unbelief. They're apathetic. But who's to say we're not planting a seed, right? The parable of the four soils, when Jesus talks about the seed of the word of God, which has power to bring forth a harvest a hundredfold, which is ten times more than anyone would ever expect in that agrarian society. That when he says that about the power of the word, you're like, man, I want to go. People oftentimes will say that in that parable of the four soils, they'll say, oh, well, one of them grew up and it choked out. And one of them was plucked away by the, the birds of the air. And another one was choked out by the, 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 the cares and the, the worries uh, and the, you know, the love of, of riches. Yeah. Uh, but the fourth soil is, is the heart that is, is ready to receive it. Is right. Is is it goes deep and it changes their life and they're glad and some people walk away from that reading that uh, parable and they say oh well see you know it's only one out of four that you know will respond you're like this isn't about statistics correct the the the, the purpose of the parable is to talk about the the power of the word once it reaches a heart that is soft and ready. And I think the takeaway from that, by way of application, is I'm going to be, I'm not trying to say, I, 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 you know, people read that parable and they go, oh, I know some people in my life that are the rocky soil, or I know that I know some people, they're probably the thorny soil. Well, you know, well, maybe they are at present, but you don't know. I think the takeaway from that parable is we need to be going about spreading the seed of God's word indiscriminately and letting it, letting it take root or not. And who's to say? Who's to say that that seed that's planted may take time? It, it might be at the beginning of a, of a of a season where people, you know, search things out, ask more questions, or maybe, you know, six months from now when crisis hits their life, they're asking a deeper question, right? They were enthralled talking about the market or about sports, but now, you know, some 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 crisis, some heartache, some grief has hit their life. They've reached the end of themselves, 
that seed's already planted. And who do they know to go to? Six months ago, they didn't want to talk to you at all about Jesus. Now they want to talk about Jesus. Well, John, where are they going to go? Right. Well, uh, hopefully to those who have identified themselves as his followers. <laughs> you know. So going back to the point, be prepared to, to give a, a, a reason uh, for the hope that we have. It'd be great if people came and asked us. Well, sometimes they do. <laughs> sometimes uh, they do. Yeah, they, they actually, they actually, uh, they actually do. So, Jay, we've already talked about the motivation um, in the obedience realm because it's explicitly told even prior in Matthew um, twenty-eight, eighteen, Mark sixteen, fifteen. Both of those passages just prior to Christ's ascension, he says, "You know, go therefore." All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples uh, of all the nations, baptizing them and teaching them all that I have commanded. So there's Jesus saying, this was not just my earthly mission. This is that ongoing perpetual mission, which if you go on to read the book of Acts, it's it's just the unfolding of that. <laughs> it's the unfolding of both the the Spirit of God working and the obedience of people. And there's conversions and conversions and conversions. And I think that sometimes we lose a little bit of hope uh, when we live in an area that is spiritually different, darker, drier, arguably. Um, but when God brings, <laughs> you know, when God starts stirring and working in people's hearts, they win and we win. And it's not about winning, but I'm talking about just joy here. I'm not talking about anything but finding the satisfaction of knowing that I took a step of faith and obedience and this person is taking the first step of faith. And I honestly cannot think of something that that grants me greater joy than to see someone introduced to the person and the work of Jesus in a fresh way, a new way that they hadn't considered otherwise. Um, I think. Well, um, and I'll just add things that are long lasting and worth it are um, things that are long lasting are um, it's worth taking that first step of obedience to share the gospel with them. Of course, we we both know that like yeah. things like long lasting faith in, in Christ, it's worth it to. Yeah to interject in their comfortable life with, with your gospel presentation. Yeah, I remember working in grad school. I was uh, working at a running store um, and selling shoes. And uh, one of the guys came in one weekend, and he said, after a weekend, I think it was on a Monday, he said, you'll never believe what happened to me. His name was Marty. And he said, you'll never believe what happened to me. I got invited, and this this guy was not living for Jesus. He, he was not living a God-centered life. This, this guy was living a self-centered life. Um, he would admit that. I mean, that's how he would describe himself. <laughs> Probably uh, he, he was that brutally honest. But he came in and he had this brutally honest moment with me. He's like, Troy, you'll never believe it, what happened. Every, all the other guys who I ran with at the store would do workouts with and you know meet, meet up with. And, and, uh, and then, of course, we were in the store together selling shoes and apparel. They, Marty comes in. He says, listen, this past week, you'll never believe what happened. I got invited on this retreat, and uh, it was a church retreat. And I, I, they, they shared the good news of Jesus, and I've surrendered my life, and I'm going to follow Jesus. And I, I, I knew you would want to know about it, Troy, and I'm, I'm super excited about it. And this, this is, this is, this has been such a game changer for me. 
And then he said, and he he came to me first because he he knew that I would be thrilled and excited. And he says, but you know, honestly, he he, he expressed his disappointment that the people he was a manager in the store, the people who owned the store, he said, this particular couple, he named them by name, and he says they have never talked. They are Christians, mm-hmm. and they have never told me about this. Mm-hmm. He was he was he was like. If this is such good news, I can't believe they've never invited me to their church and they've never talked about Jesus in a personal way with me. Wow. Um, So I think uh, another motivation for evangelism is compassion for the lost. Yeah. And you can't fabricate that. Do you know what I mean? Like you... When you look at the landscape of people's lives and struggles and hurts and the weight of sin, and you think about the slavery that sin is, um, the deceitfulness of sin, the allurement of sin, and then you think about a Savior who is as gracious uh, and loving as Jesus, you're like, man, I, I want to have Jesus' heart. And when Jesus goes in, and you know, some of you might remember as we worked our way through the Gospel of Luke, Luke 15 says there's there's three parables and it's a wonderful picture of God's compassion for the lost because there's the lost sheep there's the lost coin and then the lost son the prodigal and you take away what the takeaway is from that is is that lost people matter to God so if i know god's heart then my heart should be correct having compassion for people it's almost like do you really see the lostness of lost, um, of being, you know, apart from God, uh, unconverted, un, un, unknown to God? Um, Paul talks about his heart when he says in, um, in Romans 9, he says, I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience confirms it in the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I wish that I myself would be accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, those of my own race. He is expressing a heartfelt compassion that he has. He knows God is sovereign. He's put, you know, he's put to be a, a witness to the Gentiles primarily, but his own brothers in uh, the Jewish community who didn't see Messiah as Jesus. And this is how he feels, an anguish, uh, an aching. He, he, would, he would rather lose out and they gain. So that's a that's a whole another level of um, compassion in in his heart. So, what do you think, John? Is there more to cover? I I, I think there probably is. We we got into a little bit of a, a mix here, right? Of some of the practical yeah, and the theoretical. We were able to kind of share a lot of our thoughts on that. I think we what we mentioned was going to be a couple more episodes, probably one or two more episodes. Um, and uh, definitely encourage people to um, send in their questions kind of regarding um, some of the struggles they have uh, out there in the world, sharing their faith and some of the things maybe that are inhibiting them, some of the hurdles, some of the, maybe some of the um, defenses that they're not prepared to give, yeah. you know, some, some, uh, some things like that. And, um, but other than that, we covered quite a bit. And even, if, even if someone didn't listen to the entirety of this podcast, um, you could go to other friends of yours and say, hey, why have you, what are your experiences and why have you not shared your faith? Or what are some things that you've heard from people in your life as to why they're not following Christ? And then, you know, send some of those questions in. 
right? I mean, I, I can think of what they might be, but I'd rather be really, really practical to your relationships and your story. So if people write in and say, hey, here's something I've encountered, we'd love to take it up. So don't miss the opportunity. Write to us. Just write to, you know, it'll go straight to us if you write info at gracesouthshore.org. But hey, thanks for listening. John, thanks for thanks for helping us uh, you know, work through this topic in, in part one, and I hope there'll be some more uh, fruit that flows from this. Yes, thank you for listening, guys. It's been Grace Unfolding. Thanks. Thanks.